0: Welcome to this week's edition of the Record Rangers podcast. I'm Gavin Berry and once again I'm delighted to say I'm joined by the Daily Records' Andy Newport. And this week uh, we've got a special guest joining us from Plymouth, uh, Christopher Errington, uh, who covers Plymouth Argyle for the Plymouth Live uh, website. We've invited Christopher on this morning. Uh because, of course, he has watched Rangers target Morgan Whitaker in action for the Pilgrims this season, where he's been on loan for the first half of the campaign from Swansea before he was recalled with his future uh, under... Uh, well, in a bit of doubt, because Swansea are going to sell him. Rangers are interested. So far, no breakthrough. Um, but it's one that could probably go right to the final minutes of the transfer deadline day. It has that kind of feel about it. Christopher,
1: good morning. Gavin, good morning. Feel free to call me Chris. Only my mum calls me Christopher, and that's when I was being naughty. Okay. <laughs> that's a uh, Christopher, do and, told. So, no, feel free to call me Chris.
0: Okay. Andrew's the same. He's always me around for that. <laughs> Andy, he doesn't want his Sunday name. Okay, so we've got Chris and Andy.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> Chris, as I said, this Morgan Whittaker one's turning into... Uh, it's got the signs of a transfer window saga... Absolutely. The word um,
1: saga was invented for this,
0: wasn't it? Yeah, it just has that feel about it. You can just, um, I can just imagine Andy at five to midnight on Tuesday, uh, setting up just saying, get it done, get it done. Deadline, <laughs> deadline day. It's going to be an Aaron Ramsey one, Andy, isn't oh, it?
2: Oh, no, no, let's <laughs> get it done nice and early.
0: Okay. But if it is done, Chris, whether it's early, late or whatever, will, will Rangers be getting a good player on their hands?
1: Yeah, I think they will be. Um, He was very impressive for for Argyle this season. Um, Just to put people in perspective, Argyle have had a fantastic season in League One. They've basically been top of the table since the end of September. Mm -hmm. Um, They have got 61 points from 28 games this season. They have been holding off the challenges of Sheffield Wednesday and Ipswich, who are two big, strong clubs. Um, They've had a fantastic season. And one of the main reasons for that were the performances, the goals and assists of Morgan Whittaker. Um, without him, I think it's fair to say that Argyle wouldn't be in as strong a position as they are. Now, they're a good team, but Morgan Whittaker gave them that extra bit of creativity, that flair, that uh, little bit of uh, something extra that's allowed them to have such a good season and keep um, Barry Bannon, Sheffield Wednesday and a very strong Ipswich team behind them at, so far in the season. And losing him... At the start of January, you know, was was far from ideal from Argyle, and they've had to uh, try and adapt since then.
0: Yeah. And of course, Derby County as well, his old club.
1: Yeah, they're, they're they're closing in fast. They had a a pretty dramatic two one win at Port Vale uh, on Tuesday night when they were one nil down going into the uh, 87th minute, and they ended up winning that one two one. And so they're I think uh, seven or eight points off off the uh, the leading teams at the moment with the game in hand. So yes, yeah, Derby are a moving in position as well, so I mean it's three, you know, really big clubs in England and Plymouth Argyle all going for the top two spaces. Um, yeah, it was Morgan played really well against Derby uh, up there. He got a little bit of stick from the the fans um, because of the uh, because he left them to go to Swansea, but um, yeah, no, very uh, very talented player, and um, I'm sure a lot of Plymouth Argyle fans will be watching closely what happens to him between now and the end of the transfer window. Yeah, for
0: many, many years now, Rangers have had a problem on the, the right flank. You know, they've had Ryan Kent on the left and way back to Stephen Gerrard saying they've tried numerous players on the right side and they just haven't managed to to, to crack it. Is is that where he's been playing for Plymouth?
1: No, um, he has said a couple of times in the interviews we've done with him that, um, that he likes playing in what's called the number 10 position. So Argyle basically play a 3-4-2-1 formation. They have the right. main striker, who's often been Ryan Hardy, the former um, Ranger striker. I, I going to ask about him, Whittaker, yep. He's, he's doing brilliant, absolutely brilliant, doing really well for Argyle, very popular down at the club. Um, right. So he's often been the main striker, and then mm-hmm. you've had two number 10s playing behind that main striker. And one of those has been Morgan Whittaker on the right, and then a guy called Finna Zaz, who they've had on loan from Aston Villa, on the left, they've been the main two. And Morgan said on on more than one occasion, he loves playing in that position. That's the position he would right. like to play in. If if you gave him the, where would you like to play most? That's where he would like to play. And I think one of the reasons he did so well at Argyle was because he played in that role. He could float around a bit. He could find pockets of space. Yes, he can pull out into wide positions, but he also had the, ver- the, the option to cut inside onto his left foot and so could he play wide on the right? Yes, he probably could. Could mm-hmm. is he could he play as a second striker, not as the main one, but as a second striker. Yes, mm-hmm. he could. Um, but I think he in his own mind, if he could play in a number ten role, mm-hmm. centrally behind a striker, that's that's where he would feel most comfortable. can I can I, can I just come in here? Obviously, you know, playing down
2: in Plymouth, um, you know, playing in England, he's going to experience playing at a big grounds and you know, pressurized environments. But there's nowhere quite like Glasgow when it comes to the pressurized environment and the, the goldfish bowl that we have up here. How do you think as a character he'll handle coming up to to you know, playing you know, for one of the two big old firm clubs and just everything that comes? You know, going out in the town, going out for a bite to eat, and having fans of both sides sort of coming up and pest them. As a character, how will he deal with that sort of stuff?
1: First yeah, off. I mean that's that's always going to be the asset test, isn't it? Andy, of any player joining one of the one of the old firm, really, isn't it? How can you cope with the the intense spotlight that you get? I mean, uh, Plymouth is is a one club city. It's uh, three hundred thousand people near enough, um, and he he became very well known because he was doing so well at Argyle. So he had a little bit of an insight into terms of when he was out and about in Plymouth, he would have been instantly recognised and. Um, would have had a little bit of dealing with that but obviously not on the same scale that he would have if he went to rangers um as a character he's he's quite quiet um i wouldn't have said he's particularly um um you know outgoing he was polite to talk to at interviews um but the impression i got is that he would be quite quiet and you know not shy but you know let, would, would would let his football do the talking for him um He's played in, at Derby County, who are a big club. Um, playing for Argyle this season, we, we had crowds of 27,000 at Derby um, and, and things like that. So I think he's he's played in the Championship, although not too much for Swansea. Um, so he has had a taste and experience of being at decent-sized clubs. You know, Derby are a massive club in England. Uh, you know, although they're in League One at the moment, he will be well aware of, of what it's like to play for a big club. He he's had a lot of attention, uh, media-wise, and what have you, uh, while he was at Argyle because he was doing so well. Um, but I don't think you ever really know Andy until you get them up to to Rangers and then you put them in that environment and then can they cope? He's a nice guy. He's a very talented player. Um, you know, I think he he ticks a lots of boxes. But how w- how would he cope with the? The, the goldfish bowl that is Glasgow football, I I, I, I couldn't honestly tell you. Maybe like oh, yeah, just in
2: terms of the standard though. I mean, Rangers have had a wee bit of success. A couple of other sort of failed ventures in terms of plucking guys from from League One. Um, you know, Joe Rebo came up and did terrifically well uh, when he came up here. Took a wee bit of time to settle in, but you know, as went on to you know make the club a lot of money. Uh, that's Southampton. I mean, and for, for your point of view, I don't know how much you see of the Scottish Premiership, but when you look at League One in terms of the standard of it, do, do you think you know there's a quite a leap to to go to? You know, Rangers obviously get aspirations to do well in, in Europe, in the Champions League, obviously next season. How big a leap do you think he's going to have to take
1: his game to? Well, my mum, my mum was born in Kilmarnock. She didn't live there for very long, so I, I do follow Scottish football a bit. We've um, we've of course had. Paul Sturrock and Bobby Williamson and people like that down here as Argyle managers over the years. And uh, with the benefits of modern TV, I I, I do occasionally watch the Scottish Premiership highlights on BBC Scotland. So um, I I do see a a little bit of it. And um, I do follow Graham Carey very closely because he was he was an excellent player for Argyle. And obviously he's a St Johnston and not dissimilar to sort of Morgan Whitaker in the way that you could rely on Graham to get goals and assists. And I think that's what Morgan Whitaker would bring. He wouldn't be, I don't think, you know, a massive goal scorer, although he did get nine goals in the first half of the season for Argyle. But I think he would um, create plenty as well. So um, in terms of, you know, the the step up, um, it's always a difficult one, isn't it? But if you look at the squads that, say, Derby, Sheffield, Wednesday and Ipswich have got, they are very strong squads. Um, And so for Argyle to be above them at the table at the moment is testament to them, but also probably shows that the level that Morgan Whitaker's been playing at, that if he's been, I think, widely regarded as, say, one of the top three players in League One this season, I I think then he would perform well in the Scottish Premiership. Um, How well? Again, it's difficult to say, isn't it? I mean, you know, Celtic and Rangers have got such high expectations, such high demands. But what I would say to you is, is that I think anyone that's seen League One football in England this season would tell you that Morgan Whitaker was one of the very best players, the most creative, uh, most exciting to watch. And so if anyone from England in League One could make the step up, I think he could. And you mentioned Joe Aribo, Andy, and yes, you're right, he was he was very good when he was at Charlton. But I think Morgan Whitaker's getting as many good reviews as Joe Aribo did before he went to Rangers. So if Joe Aribo can do it, I, I don't see why Morgan Whitaker couldn't do it. But I, I keep caveating with that, that you know, Rangers is such a big club. It's such, you know, you just don't know until you get them there, do you? That's, yeah. that, that's what makes recruiting players, I'd imagine, for Rangers so hard. You, they must, Rangers don't sign players because they're rubbish players. Um, they sign them because they're good players, but it's... It they, don't say ready made players,
2: it. they don't sign ready-made players. That's the, the Gamble Rangers.
1: They're always uh, having to look for potential. You know, that's uh, the, the players, so. says, He's got potential. He's 22. He's got potential.
0: Yeah. yeah, As Andy says, the character thing is such a big thing. And, as you, and you're right, you, you don't know. So many players have, have gone to the old firm and they just can't handle it. And, and you don't know about someone's... Um, Personality, and their character, I suppose. Until you get there, we spoke last week because Rangers did sign Todd Cantwell uh, this uh, this week. He was uh, brought in from Norwich City, <clears throat> and, we, and funnily enough, we spoke to Gary Holt, <coughs> who worked with him at Norwich City, uh, and he actually thought that Todd Cantwell was uh, better than Joe Arriba. Joe Arribo went on to be sold for a package that could rise to sort of ten million pounds. He thought Todd Cantwell um, was better. But one thing he did say, and I don't know if this would apply to Morgan Whittaker, he was saying that, you know, in front of the full house at he would be great when you're dominating the ball, you know, but maybe away games in Scotland are much tougher. You know, you go to places like Livingston and Kilmarnock and every away game is often so tough, Aberdeen away. And he says, well, maybe in those games, you know, you sort of you wouldn't play him. How, from what you've seen of Morgan Whittaker, um... How has he been in sort of tough, what would be a, a real sort of unglamorous, tough away game in League One? And did he fancy it on a, you know, a bit like that Wednesday night in Stoke type thing? <laughs> well, well,
1: with with the greatest respect to places like Burton Albion and Lincoln City, they <coughs> are not the, the most glamorous of places right. in, in League One. Um, okay. Now, um, so I'm trying not to sound as though I'm dismissing them because they've both, they both do fantastically well to compete as they do in League One. But they are not the more glamorous places. Um, Burton is like three, three and 3,500 there. Um, and so that would be the equivalent of going to some of the, the, you know, the, the lower down the Scottish Premiership teams. And mm. I, I, I wouldn't say that I noticed any difference in performance between um, mm. what we saw from Morgan uh, at Home Park as away from home, Argyle's results at home part of this season have been unbelievable, and they they've won thirteen out of fourteen home league games. Away from home, they have had a, more draws than wins. Mm-hmm. Um, but I wouldn't say that. No, I wouldn't say that he was uh, noticeable for 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 sort of not showing when they had a, a difficult away game in front of a small crowd on a narrow pitch. Um, mm-hmm. Perhaps the best example I can give you of that was. Um, They played um, Cheltenham Town uh, on Boxing Day away from home. It it turned out to be one of his last performances for Argyle. Mm -hmm. And um, Cheltenham's a narrow pitch. Um, Cheltenham are a really hard side to break down, but they do have lots of uh, long throw-ins and and crosses and things like that. So you have to roll your sleeves up and fight um, Mm -hmm. whenever you play Cheltenham. They are a difficult team to beat. And and Argyle won that game 1-0, and it was a Morgan Whittaker goal. He won the ball just inside the just inside the Cheltenham half, made a good surging run, got the ball on his left foot and got a shot in from 20 yards. That won the game. It wasn't a pretty game. It was a scrappy one. Cheltenham could have won it, but a little bit of magic from Morgan Whitaker won it. So um, that would be perhaps a good example for you, Gavin, of a tough away game um, against the sort of opposition that you might find when you're um, playing some of the teams lower down the Scottish Premiership. So I don't think that would be an issue on, on what I saw, you know, over, I think it was 31 games he ended up playing. So I, I think his one of the reasons why people rate him so highly at Argyle and, and in League One circles is because his consistency levels were, were good.
0: Yeah. Do you think top-end championships? Uh, clubs would be looking at him as well, do you think?
1: I would have thought so, yeah. I don't see why not. Um, you know, there's, there's been bits and pieces of talk about the fee involved. Um, championship clubs certainly at the top end could afford um, you know, a million and a half, two million. Um, yeah, I mean, if if you're one of the best players in League One, um, then, yeah, I think top end championship clubs should be looking at him. I'd I'd be surprised if they weren't, um, because you know he he's, you know he ticks all the boxes. What was it? Nine goals and seven assists for Argyle this season. Mm-hmm. He's 22. Um, there's lots of room for potential. He's been at Derby. He's been at Swansea. So he's been at, at decent-sized big clubs. Um, he's coming off a, a a great loan spell at Argyle. The one thing I suppose I would say, um, Gavin, is that obviously. He was very disappointed to be recalled initially because he was enjoying his football so much. He's gone back to Swansea and he hasn't played, um, probably because if he played for Swansea, he then wouldn't be able to make another move uh, this season because of the you can only play for two two clubs in one season rule. And it it looks as though if it goes to the last day or two of the window, he's basically not going to have played any football for a month. How, How does that affect him? You know? He's training away, I'm sure, but we all know that if you're not playing games, that's not the same thing, is it?
2: We've already seen him. Obviously, he didn't play at the weekend for, for Swansea. You know, he texted uh, Russell Martin and told him that he uh, he wasn't the right frame of mind. I think was the phrase used. I mean, yes. Do you sense that that's him maybe just trying to force the issue a wee bit and you know make sure he's not you know tied tied to Swansea do you, or, or do you think there's there's something deeper going on there?
1: Difficult for me to say, Andy, because obviously I'm in Plymouth. I'm not in Swansea. He left here on New Year's Day, and I haven't had a chance to sort of speak to him or or communicate with him as such. Um, but you could interpret it that way, definitely, couldn't you? Um, when he left, he he, he put a, a post or two out on social media, and he made it very clear that he was unhappy to be recalled and would have preferred to have stayed at Argyle. Um, now, if he'd gone back to Swansea and played, then I'm, I'm sure that would have would have made things better for him, uh, or he'd have felt better about things. But um, if he if he did play for them at, at QPR, then that would have ended talk of Rangers certainly for for this January transfer window, wasn't it? So it feels like to me, it feels like Swansea don't really know what they want to do with him. They recalled him. Uh, And I guess they were probably just trying to keep their options open. Do we play him? Do we see what he's like in training? Do we see what offers we get for him? Do we sell him? Do we sell him and then we can use those funds to get players in that we might see that would strengthen our squad? Um, There doesn't really seem to be a clear plan about what to do with him, um, is is what I would say. And so if if it's anything like that in reality, then he's not going to be happy, is he? Yeah. Interesting.
0: Chris, just just a word on Ryan Hardy because you know the listeners. Maybe um, somebody who was on the fringes of the Rangers first team just made a sort of few appearances, never quite made it. But you're saying he's he's tearing up down there, yeah?
1: Well, he, he was our top scorer last season with 19 in all competitions, and mm-hmm. he's leading the way with 12 at the moment. Big Rangers fan. I think I can't remember which game I saw him post on Twitter that he'd been up to a game recently. I can't remember which one it was. Yeah. Um. But um. Uh, I know he's been up and seen, um, seen Rangers think, recently. I think, he went,
0: I think he went to the Europa League final. I'm sure I spoke to him last year. About something.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm, that, that, ring, that rings a bell, yeah. yeah I
0: think he was in Seville, yeah. He's a Boyhood Rangers fan, yeah.
1: So, um, so you know, he's, um, I think it, I did a little piece in the week. He's on 44 goals for Argyle in 143 games. He's knocking on the door of getting in the top 30 all-time goal scorers lists. Yeah. Um, Stretches League One defenses with his pace really well. Gets in behind them, um, yeah. And the, the, the fans, the fans like him. He's he's settled in really well down here. I think the family uh, like living down here, and um, yeah, been a very good acquisition for Argyle.
0: So, there's been no links in terms of Championship clubs or anything looking at him because of his form and not quite at that level. No. I
1: think you know he's he's definitely proven that he's a top end League One player, um, sure. and whether teams in the championship think he could take that next step up yeah you you, that there hasn't been any sort of speculation about him going on anywhere else although you know with Argo they are they're averaging 15,000 crowds the home parks pretty much sold out every week um he's playing he's scoring goals things are going quite well for him and like I say I think he's I know he's um a family and I think they're quite settled down in this part of the world as well so Mm -hmm. I think um At the moment, things seem to be going really well for him. But, yeah, definitely, uh, you know, if Argyle are going to get promoted out of League One and into the Championship, they're going to need um, a few more goals from from Ryan Hardy between now and the end of the season.
0: Great. Tess, look, we really appreciate you coming on and taking the time out to talk to us this morning. So, we'll see how the Morgan Whitaker one develops. I'm sure you'll have an eye on it anyway. Absolutely. No, I'll be
1: keeping a close eye on that one. And if he does end up at Rangers, yeah, definitely be be watching out for him because, um, you know, I'd be it'd be a brave man to say he'll definitely be a success at Rangers if he goes there, but I think he has got all the attributes that um you'd be looking for from a from a young player that will be a good one now, but with a bit of proper coaching and development, it should get better as time goes by.
0: Well that was interesting. Andy, does that make you um does that convince you any more uh, in terms of what he would bring or or Yeah? I mean, is, that, is that what you thought?
2: Yeah, I mean, look, you you just looking at these, the sort of the stats that he need, We've all seen this season from you know nine goals, similar sort of level of assists down there for a team that's you know flying high at the top of mm-hmm. any of the divisions in England. It's to be admired. So you know, it's interesting to see what Chris was saying about him. You know, you prefer to play uh, centrally. You know, I think there's quite a few of the boys at Rangers now that have got yes. that. I that that role. That was I mean, first
0: thing I thought—that's the first thing I thought—is how many can you have? I, that was—I think—that was the most interesting thing.
2: Yeah, I mean, you know, I think we've all, we've all seen Ryan Kent's performance levels have certainly raised since Michael Beals came in, and you know that's really beaten. You know, with the shackles that have been—it t- it had sort of tied him to that right, that left-hand flank under Giovan Broncos—they've been released. He's he's given that license to come inside, and he's—you know—I think we're starting to see. Closer sort to of the best of of Ryan Kent, you know, Malik Tillman plays in a similar sort of position, just off the right. You know, he, again, has performance levels of race since the new manager came in. you obviously obviously get Todd Cantwell there. You've got Scott Arfield, who seems to play his best football when he's allowed to make those sort of advanced runs from midfield. So, you know, if you add Morgan Whitaker in that mix, then there's going to be it's going to be a, lot of a headache for Michael Beale to sort out who who plays where. But um, you know, certainly, from what Chris is saying, you know. That's a, a player that you know has got with uh, the tools to, to be a success. Whether he hits the ground running, we, we need to wait and see. um you know, But as I was saying earlier on, the likes of Joribo, you know, came in, took his time to settle in, but undoubtedly had the quality um, to, to to make that step up once he, he got through his, his transition period. So you know, it'll be interesting to see if this one comes to comes off for for Rangers.
0: And what is your gut feeling normally? You know, I think the fact that Russell Martin said he was going to be in the Swansea squad and then he wasn't right away, you thought, you know, how this is going to end, he's not going to be a Swansea player. I, th- I think that's, I think they'll be resigned to that. Do you just see this one where in the final minutes of the window a deal was struck?
2: Yeah, I mean, that's that's sort of the, the question I was alluding at there to, to Chris. It seems to me the player's keen, you mm-hmm. know, um, he, he, he fancies this move, he, he's trying to do his bit to make sure it goes through, doesn't want to you know, obviously if he, if he crosses that white line for, for Swansea then that's him ruled out until the end of the season when his contract's up, when he can he can go where he likes, but, um, mm. but uh, the, the looks that Rangers are, they've obviously got Todd Cantwell and the signs are, from what I'm hearing uh, over in Belgium, that they haven't been in contact with Standard Liege yet um, for uh, Nicholas Rasky in terms of making a, a, an official bid to the club so I think Rangers are quite content to take their time with these things. You know, the longer it goes, perhaps the more desperate the, the clubs, the, the 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 selling clubs are, just to get any deal. and Maybe that drives the price down a wee bit. So Rangers, you know, as long as the players are keen to come to Ibrox and they've not got better offers elsewhere, they'll be in the driving seat in that sense. Because obviously, likes are asking, and what occur, both both the deals are up in the summer?
0: Yeah, you just see the kind of lift that that. that, that the Todd Cantwell arrival gives the fans, can't, you can see everybody's. You no, know, it just gives them all a,
2: a boost. Yeah, I it'll give the squad a boost as well, because... Yeah,
0: I mean, but I but mean, you I'm, think more, but it gives you a thirst, you, think, you feel it gives them a thirst for more to see by the end of this window. And I mean, if the window closed tomorrow and it was only Todd Cantwell, there would be a sense of disappointment, wouldn't yeah, it?
2: Yeah, definitely. I mean, especially the quality, I mean, especially like are asking. you know, I think the fans are really excited about what he could do, especially because... That sort of deeper line midfield role somewhere where they need a bit of freshening up as well. So, you know, if they can get these guys in, then definitely, you know, it has been a difficult season. Um, you know, just the way the European results went, the state of the title race, the fact that they've lost a manager. Um, you know, so bit by bit, Michael Beale started to reinject a wee bit of confidence, a wee bit of self belief, a wee bit of more positivity around the place. And obviously new signings always do that even at the bleakest of times a new signing come in always less supporters so i can understand why you know the, the clouds are starting to shift a wee bit over ibooks but um but now, now it's down to the players to come in and prove that they're, they're good enough to perform here
0: yeah and just finally andy you were up at McDermott park on saturday tea time Job done. Scottish Cup through the next round. St John's again in the league on Saturday. There's no change. The gap's still nine points. Uh, Partick Thistle in the next round.
2: Um, were you happy with what you saw? What did you expect this week? Well, I was. I wouldn't say I was scaring, but you know, the, the, in my match report that I wrote for Monday's Daily Record, it was just all about yeah, it's another win, you know, and you know, you've got to give credit to Michael Buell. you know, it, it was a... Uh, Eight wins in a draw so far. You know, you couldn't have asked much better than that. Um, but there's still just something not quite clicking for the team. They're, they're still, you know, it's it's a laboured, it's a bit of a drag, you know, it's a bit of a slog. Me, I, think I spoke to Michael Beal and uh, to James Tavenier after the game last week, and they were both talking about just the state of the pitches, especially that that last week mm-hmm. you know, play, uh, an absolute quagmire at at Hamden, you know a shocking state a uh, shocking pitch at enough for the national stadium then you have to go to rugby park in that plastic which is never easy rangers i've never found it uh, comfortable down there and then you go to mcdermott which is another another bog basically so you know it, it's not been great and uh, not a great advert for scottish football james tavernier said that after the game i totally agree with him you know you look at you know even look at Darvel on Monday night they seem to have no problem getting a a, a decent pitch uh, in order. Some of our Premiership clubs and even even the SFA but Hamden are, are struggling to get you know a decent surface. So, but at the same time, Rangers are just sort of going through the motions a wee bit. So they, they, there's a staleness about it as much as you know Michael Beale coming in has, as I say, lifted confidence, lifted belief you know perhaps you know stiffened up the resolve a wee bit that was creaking under Gio Van Bronckhurst um they, they, they do look a team desperately needed just something else just to come in and give them a wee bit of, fresh, of freshness just to you know lift morale and give them that extra wee bit of a, a wee, bit, wee bit extra bit of relief
0: yeah I mean that's the thing Andy if you look at it before um Michael Beale's appointment Rangers as you say, going through the motions a bit, weren't playing well under Giovanni and Broncos, but weren't winning. Is Michael Beale's inherited the same players? So again, they're not playing brilliantly, but they're winning. So from his point of view, you can't ask for any more. He's working with the, he's working with the same players, but as you say, he's probably reached a point where now he's earned, he's earned a bit more help to now take I it mean, on a bit further.
2: I mean, as much as the team made the Europa League final last year, that you know. What we're having now is the same sort of conversations that we were having six, seven months ago. We were saying this is a squad, you know, it looks tired at times, you know, especially you when know, you looked at running last year, where they just sort of allowed Celtic just to sort of stretch away and ease to the title. You know, you thought, right, well, this is a team that, you know, needs a, a big overhaul. And obviously, there was one in the summer, seven new, new players come in, but obviously those signs just didn't work. And, you know, what bill and what Jovan Brock has had to do laterally was return to the guys that have been and done it over the course time and time again. But you know, they're three, four, five years older now than, than when they first came up to the club. So, you know, you're looking at the summer, and, you know, you imagine there's going to be a new goalkeeper coming in. You know, it's probably going to need to be, you know, if, if you know. Borna is going to be knocking on 30. Is he somebody that you need to start transitioning now? James Taverniers, thirty-one, thirty-two. 31, 32 now. Is he, is he going to be somebody you're going to have to start looking to the future to get somebody else in? The midfield, for me, definitely needs freshening up. And then you've got, uh, you know, obviously they're bringing in the more sort of advanced forward midfield players now. We can't, well, you know, uh, Morgan Whitaker. But, you know, obviously there's a big question mark over the striking position. So there's going to need to be work done because it just needs you know, there's far too many in the squad that have probably been neglected with it because the guys who have, you know, been allowed, who have been here for a number of years have done so well, but, you know, the performances are are starting to, to go into decline now, so you know, that's something for me that needs to be addressed and I think it's encouraging for Rangers to see that they're, they're making some waves now, making some moves already now in, in, in this window, mm-hmm. um, but I think there will be, I think you'll, I think, you know, Michael Beale's already hinted that in the summer there there will be a real sort of big job on to, to sort of turn the squad around. But I went
0: okay, and I won't keep you any longer. Thanks again for your time, as always. Uh, enjoy the game on Saturday, and uh, we'll catch you up next week for deadline day.